This episode is brought to you by Love It Lifestyle. Love yourself, love others, love life. Affordable boutique clothing made for who you are and how you see the world. Check the collection at loveitlifestyle.com. L-U-V-E-T lifestyle.com. Welcome back. Back to First Take Atlanta Seed Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, excited to be back. We've uh, had a little hiatus, had a little holiday break here, but uh, we're going to bring to you today a little World Cup technology, a couple funding rounds uh, to talk through. I think exciting to kind of everyone's focused on the World Cup. I know at this point of us uh, recording here on 12-8, the U.S., is unfortunately out, but it'd be kind of fun to talk about uh, the technology in the ball, the technology around VAR, some of the things that you're probably going to see on the Fox telecast over the weekend uh, as you keep going through the knockout stage. Before I get into that, I, I have a quick little Atlanta sports rant, and it's been bottled up for me for a little bit, and it's, it's a difficult thing right now. I'm going to try to do this in a condensed way about my team, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. Coming into the season, we felt like, especially after you know a year or so, right, going to the Eastern Conference Finals, that the Hawks would finally take a step, right? You get solidified with the coaching staff. You feel like Nate McMillan is your guy. Uh, you move Cam Reddish to New York. Herder, unfortunately, you end up shipping him away, but then you bring in Deontay Murray from the Spurs and. To be honest, the Hawks have been just this middling team, right? The East is there kind of for the taking. I know it's early. I know it's December basketball, and we're, we're discussing December basketball with all the things going on. But I bring this up because I think it's time that we have this conversation or start to have this conversation around the superstar that is Trey Young. Trey is an unbelievable offensive talent. Truly unbelievable. His ability to score – at every level, his quickness, his shooting ability, even though he's having a down year so far shooting the basketball, you feel like at some point he will regress to his mean and shoot it like we know he can, especially from deep. But I look at this more so from a team perspective. When you are the leader of the team mm-hmm. and you had a coach in Lloyd Pierce who maybe wasn't the best coach, right? But he was, he was a fine coach. He coached for Team USA. And you essentially make it known to management that it is either him or I. And obviously, mm-hmm. Nick is going to go with the star player. And now you have a situation with a, a coach that is very revered around the league, very respected, and Nate, Mil- Nate McMillan, who ends up sending you home on a Friday night game at home, right, in Atlanta that he sends you home for, I think we have to start talking about what does that mean for the future of the Atlanta Hawks? And can you truly, I mean, if you watch the the Hawks right now, I'm not even going to get into the Knicks game last night, but I will talk about just the body language around that team, right? It's not, there's something off. Mm -hmm. And I think we all quietly, and I'm going to say it out loud now, have known for a while probably what it is. And there's an issue with the leader of the team 
And I and I don't know if the Hawks are ready to address that, right? You can't let Deontay Murray be your number one. That's just that's not what he is as a player. He's a really good player, but not a number one. But there has to be something that is done there with your best player. And your best player is not leading correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to play with on the court, right? When he's taking 34 footers and missing them and not playing defense, that's hard to play with, right? When you're a pretty good ball player. Mm-hmm. That's hard when you're running up and down the floor and John Collins didn't get the ball, Clint Capella's rolling and not seeing the ball. That's tough. And we have to, at some point, start having this conversation around what is Trey Young and what is he for the Atlanta Hawks moving forward if they feel like they have enough talent, as I think we all think that they do. Uh, a lot of things. I think they do. I feel that they do to get to make a deep run in the playoffs. That's my rant for the day. No, no, it's I'm um, great. To, I'm happy you got that off your chest. You know, my inside sources at the Hawks. I heard Nate McMillan in the locker room was like, Nate, your head looked like a, a sticky lollipop pulled off the carpet. And then Nate and then uh, Trey shot back at Nate. Like, at least I got hair. Then Nate told him, get out. Heard it, heard, it, heard it was going down like that, Sterling. I just straight disrespect left and right. Those are from my inside sources. Yes, those were quotes verbatim. That's what happened inside that locker room. But, you know, I'll be honest. I haven't watched the Hawks that much this year. <laughs> been too busy been too busy scoping out how to make sure my bracket is going to be right for march i've been watching a lot of college basketball been on the college basketball kick and been on that world series kick or sorry world cup kick too many world title type aspiration for uh sporting events for professional sports i got to change these titles up but the world cup that's what i've been watching i do get that and like i said i wanted to get that off my chest i wanted to have I, it, it's been weighing on me a little bit uh, I've watched a lot of Hawks here at the beginning. Of the I, I can see it. It's it's so, it's, it's giving you bags. Game. It's giving you bags under your eyes. It's never I do. Good. I do. I do. But as you Not said, there, Taylor, we're going to get into World Cup here. Really, World Cup technology. Uh, if you go out to sports tech, uh, sports tech media, uh, our our Instagram handle there, you'll see a really cool reel that we've shown. We've been able to clip some um, some videos. Uh, um, from various uh, sources really showing the AR uh, that FIFA Plus has. But what we're going to focus on today is connected ball technology and VAR. So if you remember, there was a game where Portugal was playing. Uh, Breno Fernandes crosses a ball to really the front of the goal. Ronaldo jumps in the air. Obviously, we all know Cristiano Ronaldo wants to score at all times. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if he's playing in the backyard with his kids or in front of millions of fans in the World Cup. He's trying to he's trying to score goals. That's what he does best. Ronaldo jumps in the air. It looks like he might have gotten a piece of the ball. And then after review, it is determined that actually that was Breno Fernandez's goal and that Ronaldo did not score. So I, I, it brought me to that to think, thing, wow, that's amazing technology that we have, right? So there is a in within this ball, within the ball that's being used uh, at FIFA is the new Adidas suspension system, um, which allows for precision motion sensors to be used in the World Cup match ball. So it's tracking every touch of the game at a rate of 500 times per second uh which is incredibly cool here and that's and that's the technology that you're kind of seeing on fox during the tele during the telecast there as they're being able to track essentially how the ball is being touched when it's being touched it did pop up again in the japan game 
I don't know if the goal really even mattered, right? If the ball was in or out, but amazing to be able to see down to the precise second when a player is still uh, connected to the ball, or if they are not connected to the ball, right? If it's on the ground, uh, Taylor, that one, that one, that one, that, that goal definitely mattered because that's what sent Japan through. Uh, that was that was a huge goal. If it was no, it ended up not mattering because uh, it ended up not mattering. I mean, it, for Japan, it, it, it mattered for Japan. Uh, At the moment, it did, but then um, I forget who was in their bracket. I'm not gonna lie, I'm blanking right now. But ended up good. Um, but no, I, I I think what this World Cup is showing is just where the technology is for sports, and obviously the crossover that we talk about, you know, every every you know episode. And so the the funny thing with this is the fact that you know as everything becomes more intertwined with technology, the simple joys and the ease and use of playing a sport now gets increasingly difficult, especially if you're going to use this ball because. Not only do you have to pump it up with air, so you got to make sure you find that air pump that's in your garage, but now you also have to make sure it is charged up at the same time so you can get that data. So you're, you, you'll you see on the sideline these balls are being charged simultaneously, um, you know, whatever. It's like five or so in like one area, and then they're all around the, the, the uh, arena or the stadium. And I think the interesting thing that's going to be kind of funny is in the clutch moments, and you kind of started to see it, um in some of the bigger games late late in the stage especially if you let's let's talk about you know uruguay who needed to score to get into the knockout rounds uh or uruguay excuse me there's a you know let me let me pronounce it the, the right way uh as balls are being kicked left and right and some are going into the stands you can't just use a normal ball so you have to find one of the yet they have to grab one of these balls now you can just take a soccer ball out of your training bag you know from coach from the sideline throw it in so that they can keep the play going in high intense moments so um, you know, you, you want to make sure there's a plethora of balls there. Obviously, they they spent however many trillions of dollars to build all these stadiums. That's another topic that we can go down. But I just thought that was kind of interesting because not only is it air powered, you know, to to fill up the ball, but you have to have it charged up at the same time just to play these matches. But the stats and, and analytics that you get back in real time is unbelievable. Like you were just talking about the reversal of well, I guess they gave it to Bruno just right right away, but you know, um, the clarity no, that it provided. They gave it to Ronaldo. And oh, okay, thank you. And then the but the so the clarity it provides is uh, you know unmatched, and this is the first time ever being used, especially on this this world stage. So it's only going up from here. Um, I probably you'll probably see these balls. I don't I don't see regular rotation, but obviously I think for the major games, um, whether you know Premier League as you get later into the season, MLS for the tournament play, I think you would see these you know roll out um, as they are you know pretty unique. Yeah, it's really cool. And something you said there, right? It's not the normal ball, but it is unnoticeable for players and it doesn't affect their performance, right? You talked about the rechargeable battery that's in it. Um, it. It is different, but not different for the players on the pitch there, which is really cool. This technology was developed um, by Connection, right? Which is in collaboration with FIFA. Connection actually has a ton of partnerships. They have a huge one with the NBA. Um, we've actually highlighted them on this podcast a few times because uh, connection translates physical worlds into digital wins uh, they really capture and optimize and automate processes which is really cool they secured a series a funding round of 130 million dollars back in april really kind of getting geared up for this element to taylor talked about there the investment 
uh, for the World Cup there. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, we've never seen anything like this. We've talked about tracking in, in um, soccer cleats and other things uh, uh, of the like, but never never to this effect that's able to really impact the game in the way, right, for, for the ability to have that accurate information but also be able to track it within the VAR, VAR system live within the stadium there uh, to really impact what, what the gameplay is, which is really cool. So, um Again, you're going to see this on on the Fox broadcast again. So if you see the ball moving and things like that, and, and they do kind of like the 3D kind of simulation of it, uh, this mm-hmm. is what they are discussing here within within the FIFA ball tracking. The next one here is really VAR, right? Um, you could talk through, um, again, back to that Japan-Spain game, back to the uh, Germany-Costa Rica uh, game that happened uh, over the weekend as well, right? So the semi-automated automated offside technology uh, announced back in July of 2022 that they were going to have this uh, dedicated. So this is uh, 12 cameras beneath the stadium roof to track the ball, which also has sensors and up to 29 data points for each player. That's 50 times per second able to calculate their exact position on the pitch. That's 29 collected data points, including all limbs and extremities relevant for making offside calls. Um, I think this has been amazing. It's There's been a couple plays where you're like, wait, were they really offsides? There was one, though, where um, I think it was Ronaldo, actually, where his elbow was still kind of like was, was still in front of the player. Right. And they called him offsides. Um, it's just amazing to be able to 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 showcase this again and have this impact the game in such a way, which I think is super cool. Uh, Taylor, what do you think about this? Yeah, so like you said, it, it provides the officials with real-time offside alerts. And if you haven't seen it um, and you've missed the World Cup a little bit, what it does is it literally draws a vertical, uh, you know, opaque white wall uh, across the field. And if a player's elbow foot or anything crosses into it you'll see that on the other side in full color and uh, breaking through that barrier and um it's you know obviously collected in real time uh and the 3d animation is shown to you know us fans and the tv viewers so i will say sometimes it's like it's like the discussion that you have with um do you need to use you know computers and the robot for the strike zone in the MLB. Hold your breath. I, I, I see your gears turning a little bit because I know that that strikes a nerve a lot for uh, for y'all baseball players. But I don't like it, Sterling. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like it. Purely for like the it. fact, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Because that's what makes sports a little bit beautiful. I like the fact that, yes, we can tell to the very fine detail that somebody's hair was just just in front of the defender, so it's going to be offsides. Like that's how close some of these have been for having an offsides yeah. call. And even you know a few of the announcers was like, yeah, you know, like that's close. You kind of let that go. That takes away, I think, the nice human error that you do have in sport. Not the egregious human error, just normal human error that goes into, hey, real time and in slow motion. I made the right judgment in saying he was onside. Slow motion says it looks like he's onside, but now adding this VAR piece, he's it's showing he's offside by a, like the front of his big toe, the very front of his big toe. I think that's getting a little bit too granular in this aspect of sport. 
where you do have that judgment call, human judgment call. And even on VAR to, to review it without this technology, I thought that was fine. Adding this technology in that slices down the field and then takes the very edge of an elbow um, from a player. Like it, it's just, I think it's a little bit too tight of a window when it comes to the review. So I don't like it from that standpoint. And um, you know, there's, there's moments where, so you have like the bang bang play that you see in, in baseball and it's hard to tell. And you know, the call in the field was uh, you know, runner was safe because that's what the, the ump went with. You, you have to just stand by the call. You can't confirm it or you can't deny it. It's just, it's just too close by, by video review. But now this takes away that aspect and I don't like it. I don't like it, Sterling. Sorry. Gotta get that. I off. mean, I think I, I, on one side, I kind of get you right. You like the human element of it, but I think you also want to get the call correct, right? You they get the call correct. Clear. They got it correct. But they I'm getting hot about it. I mean, the only one that's confusing, I think, was in the Germany game, right, where the offside went up immediately, and then they kind of allowed the or then they allowed the play, and then they said that yeah, it was no goal. So the flag would stay down. If you call oh, it no, yeah, game, yeah. Wait, it, no, it was weird. It was a weird play, right? And then they called—I forget exactly what they called. Like it had Alexi Lawless like perplexed, right? That was the thing. It was like he was—that's—that's that's what I'm trying to say. He was saying why right, the play should have been just been dead there, but then they did and they allowed it, and whatever. Um, and then VAR is what they said. Well, the VAR because of VAR, this is now allowed or something, right? He's like, well, the play should be dead. To your point, right? If the if the human element comes in, like, why are we then using the technology aspect of it? So. I, I do think it's nice to have. I think it's just amazing, right? The amazing part, you're tracking everybody's limbs, right? And the ball tracking, the limb tracking, all of that combined throughout the throughout the whole stadium to be able to find mm -hmm. really if a match is going to be who's going to win a match here, right? On, on some of these really, really big plays that are that are defined by a smidge of an inch, right? It's it's to me, it's amazing from the technology from the technology side. But yes. There's an aspect of sport and from playing sports that I like if there's a referee on the field, I want the referee to make this call, right? And if he doesn't make this call, like that's part of the gamesmanship gamesmanship of it. Can I do something? Can I put my body in the right position? Can I like when you're rebounding, get your elbow on the guy's back or get your knee underneath and things like that, right? To give myself an advantage without, you know, this computer coming in and tracking me in this like really, you know, weird big brother way. Yeah, I, I mean, just call me old-fashioned a little bit, Sterling. I, I thought even old-fashioned with the sense of just going to replay, hit the VAR, go with the call on the field by the ref or not, you know? I don't think just, anybody would call you old-fashioned. Okay. I think that, that's old-fashioned now with the with this new uh, with this new piece added in. And I, I don't know. I just think it, it gets a little bit, you know, too fine, you know, fine-tooth comb that we're, we're, we're scraping with um, in this review. And I understand it's the World Cup. It's the, it's the world's biggest stage. Uh, but I think we could have done without this. You had the ball tracking, you have the player tracking on the field. I think all of that is great for analytics to show the data, uh, of, you know, the, the flight of the ball, the speed, the trajectory that it's going at, what the curvature is going to look like on, on a kick and how, you know, translate that into the player and seeing his speed before he goes in the kick, the power that he puts through the ball. All of that is amazing. I just don't like this one piece because I think it, it takes away heartbreak takes away excitement um good or bad 
It does make the excitement. There's a there's an anticlimactic feeling, right, when you're waiting on VAR, when you're waiting on all of not, this to go through, right? Well, not no, not even from that standpoint. I'm I'm taking it from the standpoint of you know Germany scores a goal versus Spain, but then they look at it and the guy's elbow, the elbow of the German player looks to be by the v, the new VAR standards just passed, and you're like. In a normal, in a, in a regular world, no, he's not. Even on even on past VAR, they'd be like, no, he's onside. The bot, the full body is behind. Like his legs are behind the player. It's his elbow, and like that is what frustrates me. And that's that call has happened, where it is because you have to time. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to time your run up perfectly. Uh, not trying to cheat it. You're just playing the game the way the game is supposed to be played. And I think this takes away. Uh, I think the efforts of player runs, and also, like I said takes away some heartbreak, takes away some elation. And I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it um, throws the game off a little bit. I do hear you there. It is. I, I do get that aspect, right? We talk about it and you, you said it, we talk about it in baseball a lot with the, uh, with the robot. Um, should we do that? Should we not do that? Does that take away what a pitcher can do? Expanding the zone, getting certain calls. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens here uh, over the weekend. Who do you have? Uh, who did you have in your bracket? Did you have England coming out? Do you have Brazil? Who did you? Who do you have winning? Or who did you have winning? And who do you have winning moving forward here? Sterling, the only bracket I made, I had the red, white, and blue. I had the Eagles soaring. I had the bald eagle taking it out there in Qatar. Some of the band from the eighties? Oh, no, that's called the White Eagles. Get it, get it together, Sterling. I'm talking about I took the great US of A. I wanted us to walk into those stadiums, those man-made cities in the span of 10 months. It's a whole nother discussion. Uh, I wanted us, I wanted us to walk in there and just put our the put put the red, white, and blue down. That's all I that's all I saw. But uh Argentina actually looks pretty good, and surprisingly, Portugal with the move of putting Ronaldo on the bench uh looks pretty solid. But I still think the best team in the bar is England, although they haven't played that well uh and then the hottest team right now morocco is uh one that you don't want to come across uh you know bono and goal bruno and goal is just that was disgusting what he did so argentina won and uh portugal too at the at the moment brazil obviously is a, is a favorite but brazil just does brazil things i could jinx it but we all know what brazil is going to happen end up happening it's going to go pk or it's going to be a devastating 2-1 loss after they jumped out real hot three minutes into the game, scoring a goal, 1-0, and then they go down 2-1 or lose it 3-1. It's just something happens. Um, I think it's going to be – I got England, man. I think England, everything they learned, uh, you know, from from the Euros, I I think that team with Harry Kane being a little older, right, I think think they're going to be able to get it done with their – their match of skill, uh, right, of older players, and then obviously the younger guys they got coming up. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I like England to uh, to take it all. We'll see. We'll see. England, France can be exciting here on Saturday. It will every every game. I always try. I always say it like uh, I'm Alfred from Dark Knight. His his uh, his accent. Every game. It sounds just like him. That, that was sounds Alfred. just like him. That was terrible. that is that that was Alfred. That was Alfred. That was not Alfred. That accent, that, that English, that's the that's the English accent that I always think of whenever anybody says uh, that name. I don't know why. Don't don't ask me. That also wasn't. I just want to make sure that was not Alfred. Every every game. What are you talking about, Batman? I made a promise to your parents, and I let them down. That was perfect. That, that was, was perfect. so. That was awful. That was perfect. You knew that exactly what scene. You knew exactly what scene I was talking about, though. 
You knew exactly what scene I was talking about when he of was more than when he was more than the death of Batman when he thought Batman died and then he saw him out in Spain or out in Italy. That was that scene in the graveyard. All right, actually, no, it was in the house. But yeah, you know what you know what I'm talking about. We'll let we'll see. That was terrible, but I just want to make sure we we're all on the same page. Bars, acting bars. Quickly here, I'm gonna hit some funding rounds for us. Got three here. Uh for VR, uh, which is a game, um, a VR game uh that started really a couple years ago that's really gained some popularity here. They announced a $10 million Series A funding round, uh, which is being put toward building their gaming portfolio and submitting itself as the Wii Sports shout out. I don't think Wii Sports gets enough credit for what it was at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. But as the Wii Sports of VR Lobby Capital led the series, a funding round which with participation with Bessemer Venture Partners and Galaxy Interactive. The next one is Thrive Fantasy, a pioneering daily fantasy sports prop betting platform announced the close of their Series B funding round led by Bullpen Capital with participation from Correlation VC, Gangels, New York Angels, Andover Ventures, and Individual Strategic Angels. The majority of the round will go towards hiring over the next few months in order to support their continued growth. The last one is Real Fever, uh, which is the Lisbon-based NFT uh, marketplace, which announced a $10 million round led by Advantage with participation from Simapa Next, Shilling Capital Partners, and others. The funding will go to further international expansion efforts and acquiring new IP rights. All right, we'll have a another uh, seed talk for you all here to close out the year. Maybe do a little recap, uh, talk through some new technology, and kind of get us ready for 2023. 2023. Like I said at the beginning, uh, if you're looking for sports tech content, continue to follow us at Sports Tech Atlanta underscore Media. Uh, you can find me at Steemac and Taylor Taylor Mac 29. Uh, please continue to rate subscribe, listen. We appreciate you and we'll see you on the next edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Sea Talk.